You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Today on the podcast, we are going to do our typical Friday routine, kind of. In segment one, I'm going to be joined by Ben Fennel. He's a producer for CBS. He'll be working the Bills game this Saturday. And folks, I've said everything I can say about Bills versus Patriots. And so I wanted to bring on a football guy, a guy that doesn't have a dog in the fight. He's not a Patriots guy. He's not a Bills guy. He's a football guy that is well-prepared to talk about Bills versus Patriots. And so we are going to have a conversation about the game with Ben providing a non-biased look at this matchup. Then we're going to talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills to get us ready from an injury perspective. And then we'll close out the week with my predictions for Saturday night. So here's that conversation with Ben. My apologies that... I didn't have my microphone set correctly, and so my audio is not going to sound like it normally does, so I'm sorry for that, but Ben sounds great, and he's got great information about this football game. I'm joined now by Ben Fennel. I'll tell you that he's a football guy, and uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, he talks draft, he talks NFL all the time, he's got a beautiful dog that I like to see pictures of. (laughs) And uh, I'm excited to have him on the podcast. He's actually a producer for NFL Network and CBS. And Ben is working the game, the Bills-Patriots game on Saturday night. And so, Ben, welcome to the podcast today. And and if you would tell us exactly what your role in the broadcast on Saturday night is going to be. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, yes, I will be with CBS this Saturday night. Uh, in the truck, kind of the X's and O's liaison for the broadcast. So I'm talking with Charles Davis literally after every play about what we just saw as a pseudo spotter to try to keep an eye on all 22 of those players on at once. Watching it live is tough. So I could quickly kind of jog back the all 22 and sky cams, quickly tell him what I saw. And then every commercial break, we are talking about trends and themes and different ideas for packages to use in the broadcast. So anytime you see that package roll out at a break or after a play with guys circled and arrowed and slowed down, trying to talk a little bit more footballs and X's and O's, that's what I'm working on on the broadcast. So it's a lot of football. Life could be worse, right, Joe? We're not exactly on the assembly line or in the coal mines here. You know, it's football, football, football. Although Buffalo Saturday night in January, it's got its own challenges out there. So uh, we'll be interested, but I uh, will be in the truck. So God bless those handheld <laughs> cameramen and out there and the elements out there. Uh, it's a tough job, but uh, that's why they get paid the big bucks. So, Ben, I know you don't show up at the game uh, having no foundational knowledge. You've been working the film for Bills and Patriots all week so that you can do your job on Saturday. So that's why you're here. I've said all I can say about Bills and Patriots. It's the third (laughs) time these these two teams have played in seven weeks. And so I thought it would be good to get a guy without a dog in the fight. You're not a Bills guy. You're not a Patriots guy. You're a football guy. You can give us honest takes about this football game and two teams that you've been studying all week. So let's – Let's um, start with this. You know, you've, you've followed the Bills all season long. You've had different exposures. This isn't the first Bills game that you've worked this year. So as you've went on this journey with the 2021 20, Buffalo Bills, 
What have you learned about this team? And then also, what has surprised you the most? Well, I think it's been a really interesting perspective to actually be on the crew and the broadcast for their season opener, which September in Buffalo was lovely weather out there. But it was interesting, you know, to watch them out the gates of the season, losing that kind of weird, heartbreaking game to Pittsburgh, essentially a block punt away from winning. And then we actually did the week 16 game against the Patriots. So it's even more uh, kind of an extra dog in the fight here of just having done both these teams as a TV broadcast and have talked to the coaches and gone through all the preparation aspects before. And now we're kind of doing it again. So we're very prepared as a TV crew and a broadcast crew because we just went through this three weeks ago. But taking that kind of collective approach back at this Buffalo's Bills team now that we're 18 weeks in into the playoffs. The biggest takeaway, Joe, is this can be a dominant, dominant football team when they turn it on. And this is the team that's gone through two different stretches of four-game win streaks. What exactly do they need here? Exactly. One of those four-game win streaks all the way to a Super Bowl win. So this is a team that's beaten the brakes off of the, the Chiefs, you know, by 18. They went and beat New England at home. They beat the Saints in their defense handily and put up a lot of points. But then they break your heart with a clunker to like Jacksonville and they lose 9-6. But when they are hot, they are as good and as dominant as anybody. Not the asterisks of saying, well, not quite the Chiefs or the Bucks. No, they are when they are playing their best. And they've proven it this year. And I think they really kind of squashed the bug and kept their, their foot on some throats in games and really showed we can be a dominant team. We can win a defensive game. We can hang 40 on you and we can beat the who's who in the NFL. So I think that confidence going forward into the playoffs should really give this whole Bills team and fan base the belief that we can do this if we play our best game. It's about us. When we're on, we can beat anybody in this league. Well, on the other side of that is a Patriots team that's lost three of their four, their last four games. And they're on the road uh, with a rookie quarterback, his first start. Uh, in Buffalo in terms of a playoff game. And so you, you've kind of talked us through that journey and your thoughts on this Bills team collectively, but when you laser in on this matchup, like I've said a million times, third matchup in seven weeks between the Bills and Patriots, what are your prevailing thoughts when it comes to the Buffalo Bills in this specific contest, keeping in mind the challenges that are going to be at hand on Saturday night? Yeah, you know, that's really interesting because it's going to be a big self-scouting game as everyone's diving back to those two previous matchups, as unique as that first one was in the win game and Monday Night Football, maybe not a whole lot to take away. But week 16, certainly a lot of self-scouting, trying to dissect how the other team is preparing for you and making sure all your tendencies have tendency breakers. And I think that's the real fun cat and mouse of a third time uh, matchup or even a repeat matchup playing a team twice. You see that a lot. But my prevailing thought, Joe, after that week 16 game against New England in New England, Josh Allen played his best game as a professional. That's my prevailing thought. And that's my lasting impression of this Bills team heading into the playoffs is Josh Allen put a huge stamp on that performance in week 16, which essentially won them the division and essentially has rode them into this playoff run. I mean, his ability to hit the checkdowns against zone coverage, which Belichick, a lot of mixed up coverage because you want to keep eyes on Josh Allen, but Belichick wants to play man coverage. So it was a lot of zone on early downs, eyes on the quarterback, try to keep them uh, contained. And he did a great job taking that underneath throw, which we really hadn't seen from Josh Allen up to this point in his career. 
Then the accuracy on the crossing routes to Isaiah McKenzie, the second reaction plays, add a structure plays. And like I think my buddy Doug Farrar said years ago, talking about Mahomes, it was like jazz music, that beautiful and delicate combination of structure and improvisation. And you got to make sure you're not too drastic one way or the other. And I thought that week 16 game was as beautiful and efficient of a performance as Josh Allen has ever put out there. Just so happens we're going to see that New England team again, that defense again, and let's see if he can do it again. Yeah, that's um, that's a great way, way for us to move to this next question here because, yeah, Josh Allen was sensational. I think most people would say that that was the best game he's played as, as a pro. And then you go to the next week against Atlanta, and you just don't really feel like you saw that Josh Allen. You saw him chasing some big plays. And I think that's what gets Josh Allen in trouble is when he really just – chases big plays and doesn't take what the defense gives him. And then you even saw it a little bit against the Jets. And so as much as that game prevails against New England, you wish you saw it with more consistency. I thought the Saints game as well was another example of Josh Allen just doing a good job of of being aggressive when he needed to, being patient when he needed to. But, Ben, we're talking about Bill Belichick on the other sideline. He, he, He watched that happen to his defense. If there's any defensive coach in the history of football that can figure this out, and respond to what the Bills were able to do, to what Josh Allen was able to do. It's this guy. It's Bill Belichick. Now, maybe there's something to be said for the Bills having their full complement of receivers available this time around for the New England Patriots, but what are you expecting from Bill Belichick as he uh, rallies his defense and his schemes to counteract um, what Josh Allen showed him last time they played? Well, the interesting thing in watching these games of Bill Belichick against Josh Allen, Belichick's whole defensive philosophy for as long as I can remember is tie one of their hands behind their back. We need to take something away. And I've never been able to figure out of the last two years, four games against the Bills, what Belichick wants to take away, what he feels like is the priority number one, because it's certainly not double Stefan Diggs which he has been reluctant to double team uh, in his four games as a Buffalo Bill. Go back to 2018 when he was a member of the Vikings. They put Stefan Gilmore on him and doubled Adam Thielen. I think it's time to say, you know what? Stefan Diggs has burnt us enough. We can't let this guy beat us. Isaiah McKenzie, you want to catch 200 yards? Go for it. Gabriel <laughs> Davis, you want to beat us? We'll roll that dice. Stefan Diggs, the buck stops here. We got to start double teaming this guy and do something to take away Josh Allen's clearly best weapon. JC Jackson, I know the whole Belichick formula has always been, let's put our number one corner on their number two receiver and double team their number one. That's always been his formula, whether it was Revis or Akeem Talib or Gilmore or uh, you know Malcolm Butler, all those shutdown press corners they've had over the years. That's always been the kind of formula. Just not with Stefan Diggs for some reason. I've had enough, Joe. You know, I've seen him burn this defense <laughs> enough. I want to see him make some adjustments to try to take away Stefan Diggs. And then it's just the Josh Allen conundrum, which is how much zone and man do you play against this guy? You want to play man because you think you can blanket their receivers, which all intents and purposes, kind of an average receiving core as far as separation and things like that outside of Stefan Diggs. But you want to keep eyes on Josh Allen and keep him corralled and try to keep the out of structure plays to a minimum. So it's a really tough matchup. And thinking of that week 16 game, 
I don't know what to do because Josh Allen seemed like he had an answer for everything. So uh, whether it was a short yardage, a fourth down critical situation, the third down plays, red zone, zone man, Josh Allen checked a lot of boxes in that week 16 game. Well, it sounds like Bill Belichick's probably going to continue to slap the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, I think that's why I keep going back to when I talk about this Bill's offense against New England, it's about getting everyone involved. You know, mm-hmm. you have Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie and, and Dawson Knox and getting the running backs going in, in, in the passing game, in addition to digs, I think is going to be important because I'm sure Belichick is going to have a, a different plan here. And it's all about how you adjust and respond to that. I do want to say or ask you one more question about the Patriots defense and not necessarily how they're going to handle Josh Allen, but what's up with this run defense? They've really <laughs> struggled over the last six games. And we're not talking about just against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this team got roasted by the Miami Dolphins last week. Who They're the worst rushing, rushing offense in the NFL. They couldn't stop them. <laughs> so, so what's up with this Patriots run defense and what do you expect from them on Saturday night? You know, in buzzing through their run defense in the past three, four weeks, it just seems so passive. It seems so reactionary. The defensive line, literally, when they say hike, they square stance, stand right up and kind of read the play. Linebackers sit there and read the play. There's no dictating the action. Nobody's flying across the line of scrimmage. Nobody's shooting in the backfields. They're 26th in TFLs and negative plays. They're just not doing enough to throw off opposing offenses and their blocking schemes, whether it's finding guys to single gap and get up the field or, you know, dialing up some early down run blitzes and trying to blow up a blocking scheme or get an early down TFL and get them behind the sticks and down in distance. Just haven't seen that. And when you kind of take a step back and say, well, what's wrong with this front seven? Well, past couple of weeks, not having Dante Hightower and Kyle Duggar, certainly some of their better middle of the field players in the run pass affected that. But, The defensive line is way too one-dimensional. Lawrence Guy, Godshow, Carl Davis, good run pluggers. You're not going to knock them back a whole lot. They aren't going forward a whole lot either. They really just hang out on the line of scrimmage, and God forbid a team wants to throw it on first down. They really can't contribute a whole lot. And when you have a team like the Buffalo Bills, which all intents and purposes is one of those reluctant run teams, you really don't want to run the ball. So a lot of teams like that. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like that. They're built to run, but they really don't want to. The Bengals really don't want to run. The Chargers don't want to run. For some reason, there's a lot of teams that don't want to run the football. Bills included, which is strange because your whole offensive line are built like refrigerators. You would think you would just want to go forward and run the ball a lot, but it's a team that doesn't want to run it a ton. So when you have guys that are primarily run stuffers against teams like the Bills, it's kind of a conflicting style as well. So not enough impact players, not enough dictating the action through scheme and individuals. And then just, you know, the teams that they play, I think you need some more two-dimensional players to contribute in, you know, early down situations. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, you have to make sure that Built Bar is part of your plan. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And if you eat Built Bars, it's going to help you stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it and they taste great. It's going to help you form healthier eating habits. And maybe you're going to be craving chocolate while you're trying to eat healthy. Well, good news. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're extremely healthy for you. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams 
of protein. So you got to try these things out. They're the best tasting protein bars on the planet. So many great flavors. They've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. I've got a deal for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for a $0.25 bonus per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. If you drive a lot, some people who do are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN at GetUpside in your app store. It's a, it's a fantastic summary of... of um what I think I've watched, and then you just uh, really summarize. Now, now people are well. saying, well, what about Barmore? Now, Barmore is the kind of outlier of the group. Barmore is the trench player that's good getting after the passer, good up the field. What's his, his issue? Struggles against the run, struggles against double teams. So, you get what I mean? Everyone's a yeah. little too one-dimensional on that front up there. So, I think they need more guys that can play the run and the pass efficiently um, and not efficiently like – Van Noy plays efficiently. Van Noy is incredibly boring. Van Noy doesn't make mistakes. Van Noy doesn't make any plays either. So I think they need some more impact players uh, in the run game and on early downs. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a gap-controlled defense and you have one guy that doesn't take care of their gap, like maybe, for example, a Christian Barmore, that wrecks the whole thing. Like Exactly. The, the, the margins are slim in run defense in the NFL, and, and the Bills have fallen victim to giving up some explosive run plays this year, I don't think from a snap to snap basis they struggle, but it's those big gashing runs that have, and it's happened against New England. Damian Harris has ripped off some big runs against this Bills defense. I think it it comes down to all right. Well, the Bills maybe have to sell out a little bit more to stop the run, and when they do, and and they break that first wave, there's just not a whole lot of guys there uh, to to make a play if they split the defense. You know, and looking back on that, let's just talk about that Week 13 game. You know, just for a second, the win game. Looking back on it, did you have any glaring, why didn't we do this? Why didn't they do that? Was there anything that you found to be frustrating in that Bills defensive performance in that win game? Not defensively, not at all. It, because I think if – and my numbers might be a little bit loose here. They ran the ball, I think, 43 times. If, and, and you can't do this, Ben. You know that. But if you do take away the Damian Harris, what is it, 64-yard touchdown run, they averaged three and a half yards per carry. NFL defenses are going to sign up for that all day long. And so they got gashed on that one play. And then, you know, it looks like you had this big black eye of a, of a game where they where there's a volume component to the statistical production they were able to have where the bigger storyline was the failed opportunities of the Bills offense to score when they had those opportunities in the red zone. 
you know, so that's, and that's fair. And I just wonder in those element games and Bill's kind of being a one-dimensional offense, you know, just talking about their offense there for a second, can they beat you in multiple ways? You know, if it gets gritty, if it gets wet, if it gets snowy or windy, are they okay with handing the ball off and getting into kind of a, a drag out fist fight in the trenches in there? You know, that really hasn't been their style, you know, being such a bottom feeder run rate team. Um, and then the defensive side, I was just shocked on how they still weren't selling out to stop the run. They played zero snaps of cover zero that right. day. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones is the perfect quarterback to play cover zero against. They weren't RPOing. He has no boot threat. So it's not like, oh, shit, he's going to come out the backside of the, of the run fake and, and burn us. I just thought Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott got caught there in a very unique game uh, and being a little bit passive with his approach and not not kind of saying, you know what, we need to sell out and stop the run. We dare you to beat us. But yeah, you know, you take away that 67 yard run. It's a pretty pedestrian game. And the other right. two run gashes were cutback runs where they overflowed and he kind of hit one out the back door, which most of the time defensive coordinators see that and say, oh, they got us kind of thing. And um, yeah, just kind of a really interesting, unique game to study. So, Ben, you've said a couple of times about the, the Bills and their offense, you know, that they're reluctant to run the football. They're pass first. How do you reconcile where they finish this season? Because they're top seven in rushing yards, rushing yards per attempt, and rushing touchdowns. And I'm guessing you're going to talk about the involvement of Josh Allen in the run game and how those his contributions inflate that a bit. But as this team has transitioned to more of Devin Singletary as the lead back, I feel like the traditional run game has taken a step forward. So your thoughts on reconciling that data versus what the film actually tells us. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. And to look at both these teams, the Patriots and Bills, and that they're both high play action teams, but they do it with a much different approach, with New England being a fourth highest run rate team and the Bills at 27th. But certainly Josh Allen, all those scrambles, which is league leading 58 scrambles, certainly contributes to that. Those get marked down as pass plays. They don't get contributed to the run rate. So a lot of those out of structure plays with his legs where you're getting rushing yards won't show up in the run rate. So certainly that's a big aspect of it as well. Um, you know, it's just interesting that they're okay with Josh Allen having the ball in his hands. Um, and I think that's the best way for the Bills to beat opponents right now. Yeah. And I don't know if they feel totally confident in their stable running backs behind Singletary. I don't know if they feel totally confident in some of the offensive line, you know, particularly the rookie and Spencer Brown and the kind of revolving right door at right guard, uh, excuse me, the revolving door at right guard at the moment. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I like studying these teams that don't really want to run the ball philosophically because I always think that's what this game comes back to, the kind of physicality in the trenches and, um, you know, just mano y mano you know, man versus man, moving guys against their will. That's kind of the essence of this sport. But the Bills may look like they're for that and built that way, and they really don't play that way, um, which is just fun to kind of talk about. Let's, uh, let's shift this to the Patriots offense. Mac Jones, first playoff start on the road. What are you expecting from this Patriots offense? I'm, I'm sure you're going to talk about their commitment to running the football, <laughs> yards after catching the passing game, maybe some spot throws down the field. But uh, – Obviously a tough assignment against the Bills defense on the road. Yeah, you know, and I think we know what they are. So it's more of, you know, why could they get in trouble? And this is a team that really can't survive trouble. They can't survive when things break down. 
they need to stay on schedule on early downs and get into third and manageable situations. This isn't a team in an offense that can convert the occasional third and long. This isn't a quarterback to make that can make a play when protection busts. This is a guy that had 15 scrambles in 18 games. It's insane for a rookie quarterback to have 15 scrambles. This guy never has any wide-eyed moments of like, where do I go with the ball? What do I do? Let me just run. Always seems to have an answer. But he can't get out of a lot of trouble, whether down and distance trouble or trouble between the down. The picture needs to be perfect for this team. Now, their philosophical intent on offense is a pretty low-risk picture. It's not easy to kind of rattle it. It's not a high-variant offense. So uh, this is a team that just needs to stay on schedule, and their third-down conversions really tell that story. They're 10th in the NFL, which is a great kind of middling ranking. Third and eight-plus, they're 31st. Third and five or less, they're fifth. I think that's a perfect snapshot of their neediness and almost, you know, almost begging to stay on schedule. And when they can't and don't, you get a lot of what you had the last three, four weeks against teams and just buzz through Mac Jones, third down passes. You don't even have to watch the play, but just notice third and eight, third and 12, third and 10, third and 11. Oh, they had a false start on second down. Now they're in third and 13. A lot of those situations, which they're just really not built to survive that. They're not built to push the ball down the field. They don't have speed at the receiver position. And they don't have offensive linemen that really want to protect for four or five seconds. So it's a lot of things that kind of work against this team. So let's bring it full circle here, Ben. Um, we've, we've talked about these two teams. I think we have a really good understanding of what they are. Um, and so as you consider your expectations for Saturday night, storylines abound. The weather, Josh Allen in the cold, Mac Jones in the cold, stopping the run, uh, the, the frequency that these two teams have played. How do you see this thing playing out? Like being mindful of the variables, what's the script here? What's the game you're expecting to watch on Saturday? Well, I think the Bills are a better football team on both sides of the ball. And I think the only thing that can really even that out is dumb, self-destructing play like turnovers and some boneheaded things and the elements. I mean, the elements really even the playing field in that week 13 game. And we saw week 16, just how dominant this team can be. So I think this Bills team should win the game. Uh, I think they're the better team. And I just think that the better team is really going to emerge here and that I don't see where the Patriots have an advantage against the Bills, to be honest with you, outside of the weather and the elements. And, you know, peeling some layers back to this Bills defense, man, they are deep up front. I think they're the only team in the NFL to have nine defensive players play 20% of the snaps on the line. So they have a lot of different bodies they can shuffle in there. They're always fresh. They are stingy on the back end. And Joe, I thought Sean McDermott was a heavy zone coverage guy. This guy's <laughs> dialing up a yeah. lot of man-to-man coverage on third down. Third down it's yeah. two, two man, one robber, one lurk, all that kind of combination stuff as well. A lot of tight man coverage. And that's really helped them get off the field on third down. Number one in completion percentage, number one in third down conversions. They love moving those safeties around. They blitz a lot more than I had thought. Catching up with this Bills team in 2021, they're much different than I thought defensively. I thought they were a boring, too high shell. Let's play zone coverage, keeping in front, blue collar, everybody rally and tackle. It's a pretty aggressive defense. I was shocked to see that and was really delighted to see that because they have some good players on the back end and Hyde and Poyer. They have some athleticism at linebacker. Matt Milano does not get enough credit on this defense. He's a really good player. I thought he really did a good job against some of those tight ends in New England. 
uh, that last matchup out there. Keep rushing Tremaine Edmonds. I don't want him in coverage a whole lot. Let him be a sub rusher out there. Um, but collectively, Joe, I think this Bills team is hot right now. I think they have all the confidence, all the advantages. And if they just stick to what they do, I think they're going to win this game by two scores. He's Ben Fennel, producer for NFL Network and CBS and a all-around football guy. Really enjoyed this conversation. You brought great insight to this podcast and uh, enjoy your trip to Western New York. Stay warm in the truck and uh, <laughs> I might have to bug you to get back on here to talk some ball in the future. Well, I'm always down to talk draft. Let's hope the Bills aren't talking draft no. uh, too soon. Okay, a couple more weeks. Not until February. Thanks so much, Ben. <laughs> Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march through the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and they have a newly updated website. So head on over and sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Hey, Bills fans, we're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they'll be, they'll be providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. And the experts over at OnlineGambling.com, they're forcing me to make a Super Bowl prediction. I'll go with Bills versus Packers. You know I got to go with the Bills. I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. So let's go. There's my Super Bowl prediction. And if you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure you head on over to OnlineGambling.com before you do so that you can be informed. So make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy. He runs BangedUpBills.com. You can follow him on Twitter. At Banged Up Bills, he joins us each week to get us ready for the injury situation for the upcoming Bills game. And Kyle, this Bills injury report is unreal. There's nothing on it. What's up, man? I do love it. Yeah, I usually get one of these uh, about once a year, and it just happens to be we get that for the head in the playoffs, which is incredible. It's really a testament to how well the medical and training staff uh, get these guys ready each and every week. Uh, these guys are dealing with you know minor nicks and bumps and bruises and things they're working through, but to have no designations heading into the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, that's that's incredible. Uh, kudos to the Bills for getting these guys ready at the most opportune time. Yeah, that's where you want to be. It's pretty incredible, like you said, going into the wild card round. Nobody has an injury designation, and you have four players on IR, right? Trey White, Ike Bucker, Brian Cox Jr. And uh, Justin Zimmer, but nobody else has an injury designation. That's not by coincidence. And the Bills have just done a great job year over year managing the workload of their players, buying into the sports sciences, and positioning them well to be healthy when it matters the most. So it, it is, you got to have a little bit of luck when it comes to injuries, but the sample size has grown to a point where I feel like there is clearly something the Bills have done to um, stay ahead of the curve here when it comes to injury prevention. Now, 
As for the New England Patriots, Kyle, you know how this goes. There's a million guys on the list. They're all questionable. And you've got guys that were carted off in the last game that are able to practice in a limited capacity. Just make sense of this report for us and tell us what we need to know regarding some of the key players for the New England Patriots on Saturday night. So looking at this list, I would imagine this list has to drive any NFL coach wild just because you see all these guys that are questionable and they do this each and every week. And it just, it drives me nuts from a injury analyst standpoint. I can't imagine what it is like to prepare for a New England Patriots team that lists that many guys questionable and then most of them end up playing. So looking at the list, I believe there was 13, if my math is correct. Over half the guys have been on the, the report for a while. You're David Andrews, Adrian Phillips, Nick Folk. Um, a lot of those guys have been on the, the report for a while, and they've suited up each and every week. So disregard most of the, the guys that are on there, including even Hightower. So I'm going to focus on uh, five guys that I think will play with exception one or two, but that they might be limited in some way here. So uh, looking at Christian Barmore, he suffered that right knee injury. He was having to be carted off, required the assistance from his teammates. It looked real bad. Looking at the video, there wasn't a ton of stuff that was going on. And when I went back and looked at this, it was hard to see what exactly happened to the knee because right when you're in the broadcast view, or excuse me, from the end zone of the broadcast view, to a tag of Viola is in the way, so you, can, you can't see the direct hit. But Barmore gets, gets a collision with Jojuan Williams, if I believe that's, that's who it was. and he had fallen down just moments before. So I believe the fact that Williams hits Barmore on the outside portion of his knee, there was concern for maybe ACL or something more serious, but that was likely why he was had to be carted off because the, that direct hit you hit knee on knee. It hurts like no other. So I don't know if there's actual MCL or anything else going on there, but he was limited all week in practice. I didn't see a video that suggests that he wouldn't play, but I'm, having a good chance he's going to play. He might be limited. Um, if he does play, I expect him to be uh, really difficult pushing off that right knee, but it's a playoffs. So these guys are going to suit up and try to go whenever they can. But I didn't see where there's an injury where it said he's absolutely not going to play, especially with getting carted off. So that's one of the big ones. The other big one is uh, Isaiah Wynn. This was difficult to find. He left the injury or the game with an ankle injury. Um, it looked to be the right ankle injury, and he got rolled up on from the outside with about five minutes left in the first quarter. And it wasn't where he required injury. Um, he didn't require attention from the medical staff uh, on the field. He finished the offensive series, and then he disappeared and was replaced by uh, Heron. So he was able to walk off, and then they say he's not do not participate uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and he's questionable like everybody else. So looking at the video, it looked like a possible high ankle sprain. And the reason why he's able to finish that up, because he probably got rolled up on and said, ouch, that hurts. Okay, I'm going to finish playing. And then once he got off on the sideline, he probably felt like it was losing mobility, swelling up, and becoming painful to put pressure through. And then they probably do testing and find out what's going on. I would be shocked if he even suits up on Saturday. Could he? Sure, he could. But I don't know how he'd be effective, especially playing the tackle position. He's not going to be able to quick feet. He's not going to be able to push off on that right side very effectively. And he could get beat like a drum if he's out there. And I can't remember if it was you, Joe, that said this or another podcast. I do listen to a lot of Bill's content that they were talking about moving Trent Brown from right tackle over left and then bringing in um, Onawayu, I believe is who it is. So mm -hmm. they have, I'm sure, a game plan what they want to do with win so that they can 
uh, capitalize on uh, necessarily capitalize on his injury, but um, capitalize on situations so they can get the best uh, five guys out there. So I don't think he goes. And if he does, I think it's just going to be a emergency body. Like we've seen the bills do in the past. Uh, other guys that um, I think the fans are concerned about are Kyle Duggar deal with a hand injury. I don't see what he exactly did. He had missed last week, but he throws a club on there. He might have trouble shedding his blockers. He will probably won't be able to get any exceptions, but I wouldn't discount him as an option to go out there and still play pretty effectively. Uh, Damian Harris is another one. He injured his hamstring uh, against the Bills in that first matchup, and then he's continued to play through with that. It sounds like he doesn't quite, he's still not 100% with regards to uh, pushing off, but he still played fairly effectively. I am concerned with his ability to perform in the cold temperatures on Saturday. Uh, we know that the cold uh, constricts everything with regards to it's going to take more uh, effort to get the muscles warmed up. It's going to take more effort to ask the same production out of those muscles. Uh, so they're going to have to work even harder. So that could lead to further strains and already injured muscle. Uh, we saw that last week with Jamison Crowder. He had to exit the game about halfway with a uh, calf injury he had sustained. So if Harris ends his day early, I'm okay with that um, from a competitive standpoint. But don't be surprised if maybe he sees a limited sap count because they want to keep him fresh if they are competitive throughout the game. And then uh, Cody Davis, he suffered a breast injury early in the second quarter, looked at Jamison's wrist trying to tackle I, I really don't know exactly what he did. I don't recall him uh, returning to the game, but I don't know that he's going to have much of an issue. Uh, same with Duggar. I'm sure he'll be back out there. So uh, the injury report looks scary, but there's only a few guys you really have to keep your eye out for when the Saturday injury or the game day reports come out uh, 90 minutes before kickoff. Well, obviously a lot more to talk about this time around uh, from the opponent's side of thing as opposed to the Buffalo Bills. Kyle, we do this every year, and neither one of us are saying this is the last conversation we're going to have. But the reality is the Bills are going to play a football game. If they don't win, it's over. And so uh, let's get ahead of it. And at some point, this journey is going to end. And I do want to take a moment and thank you for everything that you've brought to this podcast on a weekly basis to give us analysis that I can't provide. And so I think you do such a great job of rounding out what we like to do to prepare for games. And uh, I can't I can't do the game preparation without you. And so I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've done. And uh, let's let's talk again next week. I, I agree, uh, Joe. I, I thank you for everything you've done for me. It's been fantastic uh, coming on the show every week. Uh, it, it's given me some great opportunities to branch out and do what I do, work on my speaking skills, and just have that conversation with, with uh, the Bills fans. Um, I'm real thankful I've got to meet a bunch of you guys uh, this year at Sunny Reds and just in the community in general. It's been just fantastic. And, you know, shout out to Joe's grandpa for meeting him at Sunny Reds. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, shout out to Eric, who, who gave me the, the Bills tickets for the Jets game. I really enjoyed that. Um, I've just really enjoyed the opportunity to share my knowledge with the Bills fans. And it, it means so much when I have so many people on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit talk about how they listen to the show every week and they say, great job. Like, that's awesome. You guys tune in for Joe and I'm just so thankful to be a part of that little bit that you guys get and knowing how many people tune in when uh, Joe talked about how many unique listeners that he had uh, over that time frame, it was astounding. So to hear that I'm just a small, tiny part of that, I I'm just forever thankful. And um, 
I, I really want to continue talking to you guys each and every week uh, until the Super Bowl, but we know how the playoffs are. Yeah, I just want to get that out there before uh, we have the we don't have the opportunity to talk about that later. So thank you, Bills fans. Thank you, Joe, and go Bills. Hey, let's do it again next week. I agree. All right, let's close this thing out with my predictions for Saturday night. Bills Patriots. I've got five of them for you. Number one is that the Bills will have two players with five catches and three more with three. This is just me kind of lasering in on this talking point that I think it is critical for Josh Allen to get multiple weapons going in the passing game on Saturday night. So give me two players with five catches or more, three more with at least three. Number two, Mac Jones will have under 175 passing yards, which has only happened three times this year. I think this game is going to be a tough one for Mac Jones. On the road, first playoff start against the best defense in the NFL. And it's going to be cold. I don't think he's going to light up the scoreboard of the passing game. So give me less than 175 passing yards for Mac Jones. I also think, as my third prediction, that Mac Jones attempts under 25 passes, which has only happened four times this year. They know what Mac Jones is. They know what he isn't. They know their script is all about running the football and using the passing game to complement it. Play action where they will dump the ball down on play action. Little flat routes, choice routes, maybe an occasional spot throw down the field, but the Patriots know their script is all about running the football, keeping Josh Allen on the sideline, and minimizing the need to rely on Mac Jones. So I think they'll have less than 25 passing attempts. I'll tell you what, though, I hope he has more. I think if he has more, that'd be good for the Bills. Number four, this one is so basic, but I think it's so critical to mention every time the Bills play New England. Whoever wins a turnover battle wins the game, and if it's tied, the Bills win. The Patriots are going to play mistake-free football or try to on offense, and they're going to have a very vanilla plan, and they're going to put stress on you to not make mistakes. And teams for years, decades, have fallen into this Patriots script where they allow you to beat yourself. And so if the Bills don't turn over the ball, if they're tied when it comes to turnover differential with New England, I think they win the game. But overall, the point that I'm trying to make, and a lot of times when I make these predictions, I'm trying to tell a story about what I think is important to get to a result. I think it's critical, critical for me to remind everyone that whoever wins a turnover battle is going to win this game. Number five, do I think the Bills win and advance to the divisional round, or is this where the season ends? I think the Bills win this football game. They're at home. I think they're the better football team. They're hot. The Patriots are not. There's a lot of momentum right now for Buffalo. Now, the weather could be a neutralizer. Bill Belichick and his prowess as a coach could be a neutralizer. But I think the Bills just have more in their favor to win this game. The Patriots are going to need things to go a certain way to win. There are more ways that Buffalo can win this game. They're at home. I think they seize the momentum, win this game, and advance to the divisional round. So there you have it. We've talked all weekend about Bills Patriots, and we won't have to do it again for a long time. But the hay is in the barn. We've done all we can. And so it's now just up to the Buffalo Bills to go out, handle their business at home, and give us another game to talk about next week. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. Go Bills. 
And I look forward to catching up with you again on Sunday.